And welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davis, and I'm joined by my good buddy, Ethan Huffman. And uh, Ethan, got a question for you. you have, I hear that you have a shout-out that you need to make before we get this pod underway. I do. And as every good podcast does, make sure people actually listen to the podcast. I need to shout-out my Lyft driver that took me home from the Nike Hoop Summit the other night. Kaylin, she uh, was talking about wanting to get back into talking about and listening to the understanding the NBA and what's going on. So, Kaylin, here's your shout out. Hope you listened to the last pod, and we're going to do the awards pod today. So, you know, all the big names in the NBA as of right now. So, for our awards pod today, we're going to go through all of the different, all of them, all of the different awards that could possibly be given out, and at least legitimate ones. And we're going to tell you what our picks are for them. And uh, we'll, what do you want to start it off with, Ethan? I think there's in recent years, maybe aside from the unanimous Curry season, there hasn't been an easier pick for MVP than this year. So I'd like to start off with my MVP, uh, James Harden. And I'm sure if you're not a crazy person, Richard, you have the same pick here. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we, we made the joke that, you know, James Harden could legitimately just sit at half court for the remaining for like the remaining 10, 10 games of the season. And it wouldn't matter. Like he had it locked up. You know, his his play this year has been outstanding. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's even going to outdo someone who, who got a triple double and averaged it for the entire season. So, yeah, you know, as, he, as he did last year, as he did last year and, and, you know, probably should have won last year, too. But. Uh, he's going to win it this year. It'll be a, a first for him. Uh, and so that's pretty straightforward, I guess. But I guess what I'm curious about is, you know, who who are the people who you had, like, after? Like, if you had to go, like, two, three, who would you have selected? Um, I like LeBron for number two. Mm, and then okay. the assortment of Anthony Davis, Lillard, and Giannis as my three through fives. Because I, I feel like they were the team players that elevated their team to – Rovency for um, Anthony Davis, probably more so than Dame and Giannis. I think Dame more so than Giannis. Um, Giannis is just there because of how crazy it is that he is just able to play basketball. It's just like he's so good, so talented. And that Bucks team with no coaching <laughs> seems to be um, a tough, a tough thing for him to negotiate. And he does it well. Um, I think you could put Curry and Durant in that list with Giannis as well, but they miss games. So yeah. it's harder. Yeah. Um, and also, they just look like generally – they, they didn't they well, care about Curry the Curryless Warriors looked very disinterested. Yeah. And um, for that, I, I, I'd take him down a notch. I have Anthony Davis second just because of how awesome he's been at, you know, the second half of the season. I have LeBron um, third. But LeBron, while he did have a phenomenal offensive season, defense really wasn't – his thing defense wasn't anything that happened in Cleveland this year. So um, I have, I have him third, but he, he had a phenomenal season and, you know, I get it. As long as you don't want to, as long as you have James Harden one, I don't really care. That's right. Um, and I, but I'm not upset if someone wants to put LeBron one, just be, to mess up the unanimous thing. Cause why not? <laughs> no, cause, because, because yeah, I have everyone unanimous. no one ever should. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like having unanimous MVP is something that is like should should be a bit scarce. And, you know, we had we had it with Curry a few years back. And I mean, for me, it's not a question, but other people, you know, they may look at what LeBron's done this year and think to themselves, man, that team is just trash. So 
Of course, he should be the one. I th- I personally think it should be less scarce. We just have this whole um, well, it's just I think there's a history of like you know, uh, I can't think of the right word here, but counterculture. Like, no, I'm not going to vote for that. Everyone's going to vote for that. I think about players that you know made make the uh the Hall of Fame and all the different sports. And like the fact that randomly Tom Seavers had the highest uh, percentage, um, so maybe Ken Griffey recently of first ballot Hall of Famers in baseball. Like mm-hmm. that seems so silly to me when like you know you have all these legendary players that why did you not vote for them? And yeah. like you know Jordan should have a unanimous MVP. Shaq should have had his one MVP be unanimous. Like it's it, there's just a longer list than there should be, but it's just it's culture and it hasn't happened very. Often. Really, really quick question before we move on to the next one. Like, do you think that maybe we'll see more unanimous ones now that uh, people's votes have to actually like come out and like your name is attached to your vote? I, I think it's the odds are in that. Um, I think just the the one thing that's going to keep it from happening is there's so many more advanced statistics. That you okay. can you can legitimately cultivate an argument for just about anyone if you put together your statistics you want. Um, lastly, I want to mention that Elkin obviously had Harden for the MVP, so we want to we want even though Elkin couldn't join us right now, we uh, wanted to make sure that he gets his picks out there so everyone can make fun of him or make fun of us. We want to all be equally made fun of. Yeah, so that, that that's MVP. I guess we started out with that one just because it's you know it's cutting pretty dry. Pretty, yeah, pretty straightforward. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to sixth man of the year. Ethan, who you got? Uh, Lou Williams, because the man was very close to sniffing all-star this year in the West, and he basically plays starters minutes. He's the best player on the um, Clippers. He scores a lot of points. Tobias Harris is sad, but sure, I understand. I mean, Tobias <laughs> I, Harris, I, I get it. I, I, I think he might be more attractive to other teams because he does play a little bit of defense to a certain level, but – it's the, the the driving force behind the Clippers this year has been Lou Williams. Um, their whole playoff push mainly buoyed by Lou Williams. He's the sixth man, even though he really should just be a starter. Yeah, and Tobias Harris is in jest there. Like, I mean, Lou Williams almost made the All Star game in the West. I mean, he he was right. he that that beginning to the year was just awesome for him. And yeah, it's he should be a starter. It's not something that that. You really should be having him be being the sixth man, but rules are the rules. He he's he's the guy, and he's he's the one that, that should win it this year. If you're not gonna give it to Boban, <laughs> Boban, well, he deserves a vote for that one game against the Nuggets, which <laughs> yep. really may be the reason the Nuggets aren't in the playoffs. That's true, man. It all came down to it, if you think about it. But that's every single Nuggets loss for the year. So yeah, yeah. So, let's sorry, get too carried away. <laughs> sorry, sorry for our Nuggets fans out there. It's. Yeah. Uh, I they're, 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 they're still reeling. I, I was the guy who said the Nuggets are going to turn it on and make the make the the run the Blazers ended up making. So, well, yeah, we'll just forget it that I said those things. So let's go ahead and move on to most improved uh, player of of the year. And you know, Elkins really sad he couldn't be on for this one. Correct. It's it's quite unfortunate. This is his boy among all other boys, Victor Oladipo. What a season for this guy. I, I look at the things that he that he's done and a lot of people question it like what does like people question what does most valuable player mean and 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 there's always these debates that go on but people also question like what does most improved mean like does it like people were saying well this is his you know I, I, what is it his, his fifth year in the league or whatever uh, uh, it, something like that fifth or sixth because he got yeah. that extension I'm just I get confused on when you get an extension versus 
if he just got right. a new contract. So I, I'm just I'm just blanking. I can but, look but it up it, while you're talking. It's about the time where it's like, okay, you expect him to make this progression, and he did. He made the leap. But does that mean that he's someone who should get most improved, or is it someone who maybe we we shouldn't be thinking about? That's maybe not all star status. Like, I mean, it, it, that's kind of the the question that gets brought up a lot. Uh, so what's surrounding most improved, but I mean, with our, I've got no problem with that. He's, he's my most improved player, but like th- there is kind of that, a little bit of debate. And that's so why I think if he doesn't get some votes, it's probably because someone is going about it that way saying, Oh, well, it's something that, you know, should happen. It's not like he was, you know, not like he's, a, he's always been a bad player and now he made the leap. It's like right. this, it's all in time. We, we've seen a trend with this though. It is more of the, uh, I made a leap from, like rotation player to I might start games, but I'm a rotation player to mm-hmm. all-star consideration. We think about CJ McCollum, we think about Paul George, we think about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. And I think if you follow the logic of that, it's it's clearly Old Depot. This was his fifth season, by the way. Okay. I, I just looked at it. I got it right. Good. Yeah. Very well, good on your end. Um, I don't see how you go with anyone else unless you wanted to like make some kind of joke. Can I make some jokes? <laughs> make some jokes, Richard. Andre Drummond and Reggie Bullock. Woo. Hey, you know what? Andre Drummond's not a bad pick there. He's not. I, he, I think he might be people's second person on the ballot. Um, to, to improve your free throw shooting so much in, a, in an era that these bad th- free throw shooters have just been plagued and never getting any better. Um, to see him do that and increase his ability to pass and like really have an offense run through him, not just be a, uh, a garbage eater, mm-hmm. um, it, that, that's, that's a very – reasonable pick Quinn Capella would be another one which but I'd be hesitant to pick him because I mean he's playing with Chris Paul and James Harden he probably should get a bump in numbers um yeah but yeah th- those are good picks on your end yeah and and I, I throw out Reggie Book Bullock just because he he'd probably be like the type of player that you know he's not borderline also he, he's one of those players who who before the season was really just giving you nothing mm-hmm. and then he come comes in to be you know, a reliable starter for the for the Pistons. And really, I mean, he was one of the reasons why they even stayed afloat uh, after he really got put into the rotation. But you know, it's got it's got to be Victor Oladipo. And I, I throw these Pistons guys out, but, you know, that's – it's really Victor Oladipo, so. Right. But in that vein that you're talking about, like you could even say, as much as I hate this man, Kelly Olenek in that vein, because he went – he just got – he got his role in, in – <laughs> he got his role expanded and he's really shined in it. Unfortunately, like, I-, I love the fact that he's doing so well because it's helping the Heat win. But goodness me, if I don't get frustrated <laughs> every time he does something because it's so unpleasant to watch. Look, look, look at us over here uh, trying to rain on Elkins Parade when, when, right. he, when, he, when he has someone who deservedly wins an and, award. And we're, we're throwing out members from our own team. You know, what about Josh Richardson? You know what I mean? Yeah, Josh Richardson. He locks Oladipo. I'll just think it's – no, Oladipo's it. Uh, I think we're just getting into more of a philosophical what it should mean. And, yeah. um, no, we, we have it right here with Oladipo, and that's what Elkin had as well. No no debate here. Definitely. Surprise, surprise he didn't have um, Oladipo for MVP. So, that you – no know, way, way to be Elkin. Way to be reasonable out here. Yeah. Okay. Coach of the year. Now okay. – Here's some rub that's going to happen here. Now we're now we're going to start getting into some not not quite as straightforward. We're going to have some debates and deliberation, and I'm curious as to what you have. And listeners, we, I do not know what Ethan has. We we both know what Elkin has because Elkin had to text it in, but I don't know what Ethan has here. And so I, I'm curious, Ethan, give me now. I, I have three people 
listed. Oh. Like I have my have my top three, and so, but tell me, tell me what you have as your number one. See, I was depending on you telling me so I could be uh, contrarian with whoever my other guy is. But I'm okay. going to say Elkins first. He chose Dwayne Casey. Okay. A very good coach for the Raptors. Yeah. I distinctively have Brad Stevens or Quinn Snyder because they both lost Gordon Hayward this year. <laughs> uh, I think all in all, I want to go with Quinn because unlike Brad, Quinn's team got off to a pretty rough start which is a tough thing to do when you have a team that's like not supposed to perform to a high, super high level to can get them to get out of that funk, to get improved, to keep growing, and to do it with a rookie as your centerpiece, not just as a really important role player like a Jason Tatum. You did it with Donovan Mitchell as your centerpiece and everything. Brad Stevens, I know I know, Kyrie did not play enough this year to warrant him being your, your super, super-duper guy, but you had him to kind of ride the ship early in the season. I give it to Quinn because he uh, he did it with a bunch of unknowns. Well, so I, okay, I that's reasonable. I understand. And let me tell you, those are my number two and three. Um, you know, rankings. You didn't, you didn't give it to Brett Brown. I did not give it to Brett Brown. Who, who, real quick, who's your third? Do you have a do you have a third out or no? Uh, I think it would have been Brett Brown if okay. I if I think. Um, Good, like, I'm excited. I'm excited. This Nate is McMillan probably is my fourth. Good, good. I'm excited. I'm throwing someone oh, out you don't even have probably in top five. And someone who honestly should win Coach of the Year almost every year, Greg Popovich. Okay. All right? I'm, I'm quitting the pot again. This listen, listen, listen. Hold on. No, 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 no. Here, listen. See, we, we talk about both teams losing, you know, losing Gordon Hayward. I'm sorry. Kawhi Leonard is a much worse player to lose for the entire season. And like, you look at that roster, you look at the team, and it's honestly a trash team. The Spurs are so bad. They have, like, their best player this year is LaMarcus Aldridge. And honestly, if LaMarcus Aldridge is your best player at this time, like, in this year, it's 2018, like, that's not good. You have a bunch of people who, like, you're playing Manu big minutes. Manu thought about retiring at the end of last season. Like, I just look at this team and I think to myself, this is not a team that should be anywhere close to the playoffs. This is a team that should probably like with the people they have on it, be in that lower third tier of, of, of teams, maybe like with the Lakers. Right. But he's propelled them to have the same record as the Utah jazz, which with, in my opinion, much less talented players than they have. That's if, fair. If, if you gave, if you gave Greg Popovich, the Utah jazz, Think about how good of a team the Utah Jets – like, I, I, I'm just thinking, oh, man. No, he wouldn't even let Don Mitchell play. He'd bury That's yeah, that, Perhaps, you know, that perhaps that could be an issue. <laughs> he, he's given Deontay Murray uh, time earlier on in his career. So, well, I think that he also recognized – but I, I just think that with the stuff that he's had to deal with, uh, with Kawhi Leonard, like, I just think that's a bigger loss – than, than Gordon Hayward is, in my opinion. And so that, that's I, I think totally it's valid. Fair. It's totally fair. No, I I just I just don't want to give Pop any credit because he first uh, And because because of this, like I wanted to emphasize how I have Greg Popovich as the coach of the year. I completely left off all Spurs from anything else that, you know, for, for future awards. So there are zero Spurs popping up in any other awards that, that wow. I have that I'm giving I have, I have beef with that. Come I understand. Back. I know you probably have a couple, 
for for things, but I've I've just eliminated them just to prove the point that I think Greg Popovich should have been yeah. coach of the year. So I I re, so just listeners keep that in mind. Not, Maybe a Spurs should have made it, but not hedging your bet at all. You're just completely going with it. I'm going like with it. it. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 defend Dwayne Casey on behalf of Elkin. Yeah. Um, granted, it's his pick, so I, it's not mine. Um, but Dwayne Casey, he uh. I think the biggest thing he did this year is he changed the culture of the team. They changed how they played. They got the bench mob. So, like, they really stopped relying on Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan wearing them out the entire season. Um, We have the benefit of knowing that they won game one of their playoff series. And you could say a lot of that could be attributed to the fact that their bench played very well in that game against the Wizards. And, you know, it's it's a regular season award, but, like, you can can see that – that what their postseason success so far in that one game sample size, you can see that it's a result of playing this the way they did this season. Yeah, and been props to him because it's not easy as a coach to like admit, you know, the way that I've been doing things hasn't been working and, and to make that adjustment. Right. And the issue with coach of the year is that there's probably like five, six, or seven people who like who you know you could throw out the name and, and say like Okay, that's reasonable. I get it. I understand what, why you're saying that because of just how well, you know, just, there's been a lot of really good coaches this year. And uh, and so, that's, I mean, it's good. I'm going to say, Richard, there's a lot of good coaches and there's a lot of good players in this league. And we have, I mean, we, we didn't even mention Spo, which we probably should have. Oh. I'm surprised you didn't mention him. Here's the um, thing. Um, I have a podcast last year, and I was really riding the high horse for like, no, I don't care what Mike D'Antoni does. He's just doing what he's always done. He has a great player in James Harden. No, he can't win. Give it to Spo, who took a bull bleep roster and turned it into 41 wins. That's amazing. And I still feel the same way, but I I just can't do it when I look at like what Brad Stevens and Quinn Snyder have done this year. I, I just can't. I just I can't get over it. I feel like when you mentioned Brett Brown, like he's done a good job, but he's also has really good players that right. have just like not, now they're not hurt. And maybe part of it is you just kind of want to give it to him because of all of the, you know, terrible years he's had to endure with the process. So like, yeah, fair. I, yeah. Next year, if he takes him to like a number one seed in yeah. the East, which yeah. is conceivable. I mean, depending on what the Celtics end up doing. And it depend, depend on, you know, what LeBron ends up doing too. Right. Because if the, if the, the Sixers had LeBron, I'm not giving him coach of the year. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron's a coach no matter what. <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, I'm ready to move on to rookie of the year if you Let's are. Let's do it. Sir. Let's do it. All right. So without further ado, Elkin and I choose Ben Simmons without any hesitation. Um, Richard – we, me and you especially have a documented history of loving Donovan Mitchell. Yes. Um, I didn't pick him for this award, but I do love him. I think yes. he's going to be fantastic. Yes. Um, go ahead. What is your pick for rookie of the year? My pick for rookie of the year, as within the confines of who is able to win rookie of the year, I too go Ben Simmons. It's sad. I like. I love Donovan Mitchell. I think that in any other year, he wins it hands down. Um, ben Simmons has just been too awesome. Uh, and like, if you could go one, one, a, like if you could give co, you know, whatever that, you know, it's happened before, but I don't think it will. Um, yeah. Ben Simmons has just been too phenomenal. It, it could happen depending on if some of the voters are like, well, Ben Simmons, you know, that, that whole kind of dumb argument that Ben Simmons shouldn't, because really he's a second year player winning within the confines of what it say with, with what it states, he's a rookie. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for it. Both of these teams propelled their teams to, 
you know, what was kind of unforeseen, like not unforeseeable, but like people were not pegging the Sixers to be the third seed above LeBron James's you know, Cleveland Cavaliers. People were not picking Utah to really even make the playoffs. And if they did, maybe an eight seed. And really, they had the opportunity going to the last game of the season to be the third seed. Obviously, they lost, and there's too many people kind of in that group. But Donovan Mitchell was the leader there. And Ben Simmons, when Joel Embiid goes down, still continues to push them through that winning streak. And yeah. it's – it's he should win it. Mm-hmm. He should win it. I understand. I think we are actually – I'm going to go on a limb to you and say we were the first podcast to say that we should take Malcolm Brogdon's Rookie of the Year away and give it to Ben Simmons and then let Donnie have this one because we're one of the few podcasts that had such a vested interest in Donovan Mitchell from day one because we were – I mean, you being a Pistons fan and wanting Donovan Mitchell and becoming a Utah fan because of it. Like we were kind of on this train for a long time. Um but yeah, I finally heard some other national podcasts make that joke, and it made me happy because I, I do think I'm gonna claim it. We were the first on that front. Well, I I can't I can't speak for that. I don't know, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, Richard. Okay, there you go. And I don't think I heard anyone make those jokes except for us until Fair like enough. two weeks ago. And we we also should just mention Jason Tatum easily third uh, on rookie of the year. Oh, yeah, easily yeah. third. Being a uh, looking like a seasoned vet from basically the day one of the regular season, I mean, and it's pretty pretty. Good of him. Honestly, like I wonder how many people you could have gone down the list this year for rookie of the year, and like if they were, if their rookie year was last year, they had the same thing. Like, how many of them would have won last year's rookie of the year? I mean, all these three guys definitely would have. Um, you know, would some of the other guys? I know we're gonna get to all rookie. Maybe when we get to all rookie, we should have we should ask ourselves: Would this player have won rookie of the year if they came in a year ago? Yeah, and I think this is a perfect time to just continue on to that. That's fine. Uh, Richard, go ahead and bust through your first team all-rookie. My first team all-rookie, those three guys for sure, Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. Then I got Laurie Markkinen, uh, phenomenal season for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I I was a little bit unsure of of how he'd do just because of you know, defense and, and rebounding, but man, he stroked it from three this year, which is what you came in and asked him to do. And so I have him uh, fourth. Uh, I guess, I don't know if you want to rank the but he's, he's my fourth guy that I'm mentioning. And then I'm going Lonzo Ball for my for my last spot on the all-rookie first team because, you know, Lonzo, granted, he played 52 games. And we're going to go back and forth, and we're, we're probably going to speak, like, contradict ourselves. But, like, for some, some at some points, we think that not playing as many games is detrimental to you, but there are some positions where I think that, you know, it's okay. Like, Lonzo Ball's highs were much higher than anyone in my opinion uh, i don't know i i think that what he did this year he went through some struggles early on and kyle kuzma was doing really awesome and he kuzma made my second team but i just think that lonzo you saw flashes of everything he could be and man it's it's going to be awesome and so for me i have him picking up that last spot on my all rookie team uh, and you know, other people may not have him there. They may count the games against him, and that's fine for me. For rookie of the year, I don't. I don't consider that to be a penalty for you because for for the rookies, uh, you know, you go you go with flashes. You're playing the projection game more than the, uh, the probably, but, but, and that's fair. And I think it's important to like when we consider these teams, like who's shaping the league going forward, and that's that's a good way to kind of base it as a fallback. But I actually did not go with 
um, Lonzo Ball on either of my teams. I'll spoil it right now. I had Kyle Kuzma getting the fifth spot. That's fair. Um, that's who I elected to go with. I'm going to run through Elkins here really quickly. Um, he had, as you could predict, a very similar – he had the exact same as me. I just realized that. So, there you go. Me and Elkin, group think without intentions. Um, I think Kuzma, he he didn't develop – he didn't continue to, like, make strides throughout the whole season. But he didn't really have a, a – he didn't really hit a specific rookie wall. He kind of just stayed consistent doing his thing, being a uh, – primary a primary score when he's on the floor and i respected that even for a team that was like not winning a lot of games uh he he, he was a cons- one of the few consistent bright spots for that team um we definitely saw the peaks of lonzo ball but the, the valleys were really, really low and he also missed games so i actually left him off my entire roster wow fair or not fair um wow. i'll go ahead and say mine now my second team was john collins bam Adebayo, dylan brooks which is probably the one that i would get the most flack for I can have him over Lonzo. Come on. I understand. Uh, I, I understand why you want to put him on, but come on. Dylan Brooks uh, had a tough situation this year. I think if you put him on a – if you make him the ninth man on a playoff playoff team, he, he does the same kind of thing, but it looks a lot cooler. Instead of being the sixth man or a, a starter for the back half of the year on a, a tanking team, I think I think his he would look a lot more impressive to you. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. and Bogdan Bojanovic. Uh, for me, I have all the guys that you mentioned except Dylan Brooks, and I throw in Kyle Kuzma. So, okay, that that, um, that that that's what we got. Basically, are we differ in that I like Lonzo Ball and his year a lot better than than you did, and you want to throw out a name that you know it's not that people haven't heard of, but like most people have not probably considered mm-hmm. this person and and. Uh, Anyways. So, Dylan Brooks had about the same numbers as Malcolm Brogdon, who won Rookie of the Year last year, which so, is kind of funny. So, so with these guys, um, oh, real quick, I want to get Elkins out there. Sure, His second ahead. team was Lonzo, Dennis Smith, John Collins, Bam, and OG Anubi. Oh, that's fair. So, OG is an interesting case because statistically, he doesn't didn't, didn't do a whole lot, but he played for a really good team and was part of the bench bench mob. Yeah, and de- defense is you know really where where he begins to shine a lot more than, than right. some of these other guys. So It's a very fair pick. I thought about it, but I just looked Me at too. it like, I think the team, people who carried that bench mob were like DeLon Wright, Fred Van yeah. Hurdle. Like I, just, I felt better about their overall contribu- contributions. Mm-hmm. So I just like, uh, I just, I don't want to stretch it, but you know what? He's fair. He probably earns it just as much as Brooks, just for other yeah. reasons. But Brooks is a good defender too. And I saw mm-hmm. him at the Nike Hoop Summit sitting courtside. So. He's in my mind, and I'm going to keep voting for him. Also, I'm in Portland now. I got to appeal to the Oregon fans. Right, right. So, where's Jordan Bell? He got injured. So, anyways. Jordan Bell got hurt. I, I feel like he is another one of those highlight machines, but I, it's probably not fair, but I'm discounting him a little bit because he played with the easiest roster to play with in the NBA. That's, yeah, that's okay. That's fair. I think the games missed. Like, if he didn't miss any games, I feel like you'd have to put him on here at some point. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just because he also was like very helpful for them, right? The, like while he did play in the, in a fantastic situation, you know he played well. And mm-hmm. it's I mean, Jason Tatum obviously had you know, fill out the stat line a whole lot more and was much more impactful for them. But like he's also in a pretty good situation and he's playing well. So I, I don't think you can totally knock him for that. But with 
all those things added together, Jordan Bell obviously misses the cut for us. If I can poke our, our one of our fans, Sergio, with a knife a little bit, how fun would it be to watch Jordan Bell be the full starting center with Markinen as the power forward? Wouldn't that be fun? Hey, hey, listen, <laughs> listen. Sergio is super happy with cash considerations taking that last spot on the bench, okay? If uh, Sergio got some of those cash considerations, I'm sure he would actually be his opinion. Yeah, let's play his opinion a little bit. <laughs> Oh man! All right, um, let's move to Depoy, shall we? Oh, well, come on! Can, can we can we look at some of these guys and just real real quick just say whether we think that you can give yes or no? Would they have won oh. Rookie of the Year last year if they if they came in last year instead of this year? We we said yes for Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, uh, Laurie Markkinen. Yes, yes, yeah, I think so too. Um, Kuzma, yeah. yes. Kuzma, yes. Uh, Lonzo, yes. Lonzo, okay. If you're if you're saying Lonzo, if you're saying yes for every single person on this thing, unless you, you get are me. mistaken, you get me. <laughs> I, sure. I, I am saying yes. I think Dylan Brooks is the one because he's he's on a non-playoff team. Because mm. uh, I would have voted, I would have voted for Joel Embiid playing thirty some odd games last year for Rookie of the Year. I think I, would, I think I, think I think Rookie of the Year is way more important of a like prosperity award, and you got to vote for the guy who's going to stay there. Than, yeah. than the teams. I want to reward, you know, Dylan Brooks for making the team. I I, I just feel like Lonzo Ball didn't play enough. Like if, if he would have played all the games, yeah, I would. He'd he'd make it. It's just this is where I'm going to draw the line randomly and completely non-fairly. I, I we understand it's not really arbitrary with some of this stuff, but anyway, so, yeah. I, I think both teams, first and second, could have won Rookie of the Year over Brogdon last year. At least at least it would have been close, but yeah, for sure they're like the top Probably. five for sure. Probably not an OG or a Bam because the stats don't show up as much. Yeah. But like, if you if anyone watched Bam, some of his highlights this year were really uh, <laughs> were really fun. And he, the fact that he like he has like defensive lockups of Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and all kinds of other players to his name, it's a pretty pretty special little thing for him as an individual player. But now, Richard, can we move to Depoy? Let's move. To, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Who do you got? So arbitrarily, because if I'm not mistaken, you said 58 games was Lonzo Ball's 52. Play, 52. 52. Okay. Because okay, I feel like Gobert played 58 for some reason. I I don't have any. I'm I'm, I'm trying to pull it up as I, I want to say 50. Sp- I want to say 51. Oh, 56. Okay. And I'm picking him for D boy. So games played mean nothing. Nothing. To this award. <laughs> Here's the thing. It means something for certain awards, like for. For NBA, like first, second, and third team, like I think it matters because there's just so many other good players. But when you begin to like narrow down your field to we're focusing only on defense or focusing only on rookies, like you begin to narrow it down to the where it's like, well, this player was pretty awesome when he did play. So you you feel like you have to give it to him. I I too have Rudy Gobert as my defensive player of the year just because of how much he anchored that Utah team and, and just really allowed them like without him obviously we, we throw out Donovan Mitchell a lot as the reason why they they've been successful but without him this year like they, they would not nearly be the defensive team that they are and it really like they wouldn't be I don't think they'd make the playoffs if if he didn't give those 50 56 games that he did so yeah it's He's an amazing guy. Um, like, let me, I have to pull up Elkins awards here in a second, or you could do that. Cause I'm right now, what I really want to try and find is his on off things. Because I remember specifically listening to the locked on podcast who granted their, um, their, their founder is a jazz fan. And he, he does, does a play by play for their radio broadcast. But 
the the Jazz were second in defensive rating for the entire season. That's not with Gobert playing the entire season. And their rating was like 103, 103.9, in the, like, and that was second in the league. I'm pretty sure when Gobert was on the court, and I'm just struggling to find the stat, unfortunately, they were in the, in the mid-90s, mid which would have been a significantly right. lower than the, the actual first team. So, like, with that in mind, like, Rudy Gobert, it's, it's, he's one of those few guys that is good enough defensively, like a, like a Ben Wallace. Yes. Like uh, Dwight Howard in his prime. They're like, he's so good defensively. You have to want, like, it's his value as a defender equal to a guy who can score you 30 points per game. It's, it's, he's one of those rare cases. And that's genuinely terrifying if you're a, uh, if you're someone who's just got to coach up against him. Yeah. And, and Elkin also has um, Rudy Gobert. So, so for us, he's unanimous, but I, I, he's probably not going to be unanimous just because people are going to hold that against him in the yeah. voting. But uh, I think I think he wins it too. You could definitely see a, a situation where he uh, doesn't beat out Joel Embiid or Anthony Davis just because the game's played. Yeah. But hopefully, for his sake, that Anthony Davis and uh, Joel Embiid split some, mm -hmm. so he can stay up in the number one spot. True. True. Well, let's go ahead and and get to um, all defense. Uh, our first team. And I want you to go first. I, 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 yeah, I want you to go first. <laughs> okay. Well, if anyone's been listening to the pod the last couple of times, they're going to know this pick. Um, for my guards, it's Oladipo and Josh Richardson. No spoilers here. Um, yeah. People should have known that was coming. Um, Paul George, Anthony Davis as my forwards, and Gobert as my center. That's my first team all defense. I understand. I understand. Now, listeners out there who, who've been following along and have heard the, um, the debate that that's gone on, we've we've been questioning. You know, is Josh Richardson really a guard? Um, is he a guard? And and you know, according to the percentages, no, he's a small forward. And so I've been giving Ethan some some you know some flack for it, and and saying you know you, you can't have him be a guard. But Ethan, guess what? I have him on there as a guard too. Okay, I went yes. in, I succumbed. I have Victor Oladipo, Josh Richardson in there as my two first uh, first team all defensive guards. I have Anthony Davis as well as the forward. I have Rudy Gobert as my center, and as my other forward, you're not going to like it. I got Draymond Green. Okay, I don't care. Draymond Green. Um, spoiler alert: He's on my second team, so I'm not even mad. Yeah, um, you, I, I made you happy enough with the Josh Richardson that you're. You know, I know you don't like Draymond, so. Yeah, he just wears me out is, is yeah. my thing. Um, let's go with uh, Elkins real quick. He had Gobert at center, Giannis at, and, Dave, and Anthony Davis at forwards, and Chris Paul and then Oladipo as his guards. So that's interesting, Chris Paul getting a bump up here. Chris Paul undoubtedly still a good defender. Um, I, I won't lie, I probably held games against him in this regard because I did too. I held all things were equal. Which well, I shouldn't have because he played more games than staff and – and all that stuff, but I, I also held, you know, that against him for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, I really don't know. Like, um, I, I really think I overlooked him here. Um, I think my picks are still fair. I'm going to go ahead and run into second team for me. Um, I have Drew Holiday, Deontay Murray, Giannis, Draymond, and Embiid as my second team. I defend all those picks. I know you won't have Deontay because you yeah, are I, 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 shooting Spurs. So, 
I kicked them off. So here's what, here's what I did. Um, because I didn't want to reward any Spurs for, for what they did this year, uh, except for Greg Popovich, I took him off. I don't have, I have Drew Holiday on as my second team guard. But because I allowed myself to put Josh Richardson at the guard position on first team, according to basketball reference, he played 18% of his minutes there. I put someone who played 19% of his minutes at the two guard, Paul George. I put him in as my other guard, which allowed me to reward. Uh, I put Al Horford as my um, mm. all second uh, as a forward here for this one. I have Joel Embiid as a center, and you're not going to like it. I have Kevin Durant as my other forward. Yeah, I don't like either of your forward picks there. I respect Al Horford because I actually do believe in him. But Kevin Durant is a stat defender. He's not a great defender. I, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm standing behind this. Listen, he's. I understand if you want to penalize Golden State because they didn't look like they cared through most of the year. And, you know, whatever. They still end up with the, with the two seed in the West. And it, here's the thing. He's a good defender. He And he does fill up the stat line in a way that it makes people, you know, look at him and say, oh, hey, look, it's, you know, he had, you know, this many blocks, this many steals. Uh, you know, if you want to go in and, and throw some of those numbers uh, out there, he ended up with, um, oh, man, what was it? I think one point, was it 1.8 blocks. A game and and you know 0.7 steals a game and so he has a combination there of about you know two and a half of those combined right so here's what i'm going to say to um dismantle all this because i was someone who uh put on the cape for hassan when he got 3.7 blocks in one season yeah. per game and the fact of the matter is he was a stat he was a stat monger he wasn't actually a super defensive presence he does keep people from attacking the rim but he's People are. I found out this year that 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 and that's having less and less of an effect. Um, so I'm gonna say because Durant didn't get to 3.7 combined, he has no eligibility. <laughs> well, arbitrary, yeah. arbitrary number. Count. Arbitrary numbers. Yeah, putting that down there. So it's okay. You know, arbitrary numbers sometimes can influence. Uh, you know, our voting and that's right. Triple doubles. They have they have that effect on us. They 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 they, they tend to. That's right. And you know what? I forgot to think about this when we were doing rookie of the year. Like we definitely have to give it to Ben Simmons because he had so many more triple doubles than Donovan Mitchell. Like it's hey. it's obvious. Obviously. Um, for but for, for Elkins second team defensive, this is really interesting. Um, he had Drew Holiday and Andre Ro- Robertson Roberson as his um, second guard, which Whoa. is really interesting. And they had uh, Robert Covington, Draymond Green, and Embiid. So I'm okay. okay with Robert Covington, but I I am super confused in 39, game. 39 yeah. games. This would be a perfect time for Elkin to just randomly join. <laughs> I know. But he's not available. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, let's defend it on, on Elkin's behalf. He is the best def- guard wing defender in the league. Just 39 games, in my opinion, wasn't enough. I mean, if we're going to do that, let's throw in Kawhi at nine games. I mean, come on. <laughs> Play less than less than half the games for – I mean, so that I, I have – I mean, Joel Embiid had to have been Elkins' pick last year for, you know, for rookie of the year. I mean, I had him too because if you're going to score that many points, be that good in that many games, like why not? Like I understand. With no one who really earned it otherwise. But in this in this situation, I just think that like it's not that narrow. There there are there are really good 
uh, you know, defensive players out there, defensive wings out there. And and so I I am sorry, Elkin. I can't I cannot get on board with with him this year. Sorry. Right, and I agree with you 100 percent there. So if if there's no other thoughts on defensive teams, let's let's go to the big grand finale, the, the All NBA, the NBA of all. Everything's happening here. Um, first team All NBA. Who's it going to be for you, buddy? All right. So I'm going to go start with my center. I work my way down. Um, my center, finagling Anthony Davis. I think that he fits there because when Boogie went down, it uh, you know he had to pick up those minutes. You had um, you know Nikolai Mirotic coming in playing the four, and so I think you're able to give him that center spot. I have Giannis Antetokounmpo, which we haven't had on any of my other um, you know picks up to this point. So I have him at the forward. I have LeBron James at the at the other forward as well. So those are that's my front court. James Harden obviously has to make it as uh, the guard because I have him for MVP. Has there ever been an MVP to not make NBA first team? If there has, I, that's I gone. Don't, I don't recall. Um, I know there was once a uh, defensive player of the year that didn't make first team all defense. Mm-hmm. One Tyson Chandler didn't get first team all defense over Dwight Howard, which was that's, kind of funny to me. That's, that's weird. That's weird. Um, it, so my last guard spot you know, may may send some shockwaves to you at least. I'm going Mr. Triple Double himself, Russell Westbrook. How gross. I understand. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. All of these things are regular season awards. And if we're being frank with ourselves, like, we're trying to remember this season. Like, Russell Westbrook, yes, he put up a triple double, but there's no one who goes harder than Russell Westbrook in the regular season. Like that's one thing you can totally give him. Like he is always at 110%. He never takes possessions off. And sometimes we, we penalize him for that because he's like, Oh, he's stat hunting. Oh, he's trying to, and, and he does, you know, you, you think with the rebounds, there's some assists, you know, it's very, uh, you know, you see it up on Twitter, these videos that, you know, make fun of, you know, Steve, the whole thunder team boxing out everyone just so Russ can go in and get a board or how Russ has an open lane for a layup and he'll pass it off to someone else to get the assist. Yes, he is that type of player. But honestly, he goes so hard in the regular season. And this being a regular season award, like really the injuries to – if Steph Curry didn't get injured, I would probably have him up there just because of the type of year he was having up until that point. But he got injured. I'm knocking him a little bit. This is all NBA. So – I'm having Russell Westbrook up there. I'm not going to be upset with whoever you have up there because I I can anticipate who it might be, and I, I'm okay with that player. Um, I probably have them second team. But for me, I'm putting Russ up there uh, just because regular season award, he go, he was at 110%. That's fair. Um, me and Elkin both had the same first team All-NBA, and it was Damian Lord in the other guard spot. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, the man is simply scary. And it was it feels worse coming off this first the only uh, home team to lose a postseason game so far this year. But um, I just I respect everything Dame does. He I think he's st- like even though he'll probably o- overplay his disrespect card. Um, he is disrespected a little bit I think in some national circles. He's he's on the he's on the climb. But I uh, this is this is him. He gets this one. Can I say that um, you know it may it may look like I'm disrespecting him, but can I, can I just say I also was the only person to have him at s- picking him for second for second team 
all NBA or better at the beginning of the season. Is you guys, true? you guys were on your John Wall bat. Um, you know, you guys were on John Wall for, and you were putting him ahead. You're like, oh, we'll put Dane third team, whatever. I was like, no, I'm leaving John Wall off. And you know, hindsight looks really good there. Okay, um, obviously, congratulations. Injury, congratulations. I did have Dame as my second second team guard, and uh, that's where that's where I end up having him this year as well. Oh, I'm totally, I'm totally fine. I know maybe that's part of it as well, but I'm totally fine with you putting him at first team. I think that he's deserving. The year he's had has been awesome. Um, but I just want to also throw out there that I'm not the one disrespecting Dame here, even though I don't have him first team because you know I thought he would be this talented anyway. So right No, I think I think all our picks are fair. I think for the most part we're not going to like really miss, gro- like grossly miss in this yeah. in this kind of th- realm. It's just a matter of preference. Um, mm-hmm. oh, so Elgin had the exact same first team as me. I'm going to start off the next thing with him. His second team All-NBA is Westbrook, Oladipo, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons Ooh. in the forward spot, uh-huh. and Will Embiid. So I'm going to play spoiler here for me. I had Ben Simmons a third team forward, and I, that's the one I was really struggling with. I'm like, he technically has played zero minutes at the forward, but he's 6'10". <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> He's played small forward or power forward at some point this year. Let me, let me go ahead and say I do not have him as a as a forward. I don't. I don't have him as a forward. Instead, I have him as third team guard. Nice. In a position nice. that he actually, you know, is you know stated to to play. So just want to throw that out there. I okay. I, I have him as a guard, which which makes it interesting because you know we think of guard as being pretty, you know, pretty packed. So yeah. No, I think he's deserving. I just, I just had too many um, in the in the chicken coop. Uh, my second team All NBA was Chris Paul, Stephen Curry, mm. Durant, Lamarcus Aldridge at the power forward, and Joel Embiid. So again, uh-huh. I know you won't have Lamarcus up there. No, I, I left off Lamarcus. I also left off Chris Paul entirely as well. Um, whether I like, I penalizing some people for for not playing for whatever reason. Chris Paul is getting the brunt of that. Like. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, Ben Simmons over Chris Paul. Bold strategy there. Kyle. Oh yeah. And and you know I, yeah. So I, I don't have him on there. Here's I here's where I did do some finagling, and I'm gonna say that you're gonna have to be okay with it. Um, we know I have Dame Lillard uh, as my as my second team guard. I already have him up there. I have Victor Oladipo as my other second second team guard. Um, I think that with with how he's been playing, he de- he deserves it this year. Um, and one player that we've that we have gone back and forth, kind of comparing a little bit on previous pods, is Victor Oladipo and Demar Derozan. And if you look at the stat line, you know, those are pretty similar. And I've been caping for Demar Derozan a lot. And so for me not to have him as my second team guard, having Oladipo on there, you know, I must have finagled it and I still have him on my second team as a second team forward. He's played 40% of his uh, time at the small forward because of these three-guard lineups. He's a guard, but because of these three-guard lineups that they'd like to throw out, he's playing that that forward position. So I have him as my second-team All-NBA forward. Um, I know you're probably not going to like that, but I do. Then I have Kevin Durant, and then I have Joel Embiid. Perfectly fair. Um, I, th- I, th- I thought you put it more of a... 
you know, more of a fight with my DeRozan. No, I like it because I didn't put DeRozan on the All-NBA team. Ah. Uh, um, you know, unfair I, for me. I'm not happy that you didn't. I, I would consider taking Jimmy Butler off on my third team to put DeRozan, though, if you, that's you, the parameters I can use. Listen, hey, if we can put if, if we can put those, uh, you know, Josh Richardson and Paul George at the at the guard for uh, all defense, and they played 18, 19 percent, I'm going with 40 percent. Yeah, um, you know, I think that's what I'll do. I'm going to go ahead and roll into third team and. Um, I'm going to go ahead and list off uh, Elkins picks here. He has Chris Paul, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Carl Anthony Towns. I, for one, went Victor Oladipo, Russell Westbrook, Jimmy Butler, which I'm going to sub in DeRozan now, making that executive decision. Ben Simmons as my final forward on the third team, and Carl Anthony Towns. At the center. I see, I see. Um, so that's your third, that's your third team. Um, my third team got Steph Curry on there. Uh, I didn't penalize him as much as I did Chris Paul. So there's that. I had, I got my Ben Simmons at the guard, mm-hmm. you know, guard position, because really that's where he played most of his minutes. Uh, I do have Jimmy Butler on there at the forward, uh, even though he did miss time. Um, and so you know, maybe he's probably the the weakest link on on my third team. Like he's the person who I would throw off if I had to throw someone off. I do have Paul George as my other forward, and I have Carl Anthony Towns. I'm glad that Carl Anthony Towns has become the consistent consensus third team center because mm-hmm. as much as Horford is getting in the hearts of some of these basketball nerds out here, which I kind of subscribe to personally, I do not want him on my all NBA teams. Get him out of my life. He's one of the notables that I have off. I think what may mess him up, it, I don't know if this messes him up at all, but like, does it mess him up that he's also like a forward center? Like that some people might split that up or, or does it not mess him up there? I don't know. Cause I, I'm not certain on how the points get totaled. Right. Cause I'm not a voter. Right. Um, I don't know. We might have to call in an expert on this scenario. Um, is there anyone out here just randomly that's not Richard or, or Ethan that knows how all the voting goes down? I would say that I know, but I have no idea right now. <laughs> no, we had to look for a way to introduce you, Elkin. That's the only way I could think of. <laughs> but really, if I'm being honest, though, um, it's just you get a certain amount of points based on first, second, third place, or first team votes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's an interesting situation because it's like, well, if you got like, you know, 40% of your votes at the center, 60% of your votes at the forward – uh, and uh, it's it's kind of a weird situation, and it's really led to just an issue that we have with just positions in general. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. But well, I think this is a perfect time to. Um, okay. Now that we have Elkin on here, like I was actually thinking like, when when I saw the text pop up that he wanted to get in here, um, that maybe we should just hop, chop off the All NBA and just restart. But I think we we we've, we've done Elkin justice in mentioning his picks. Well, the question I want to ask, Elkin, you you threw up Simmons, and it looks like you'd have him playing a forward position. So it, I think this is a perfect time. Richard had him in as a guard. I had him third team uh, forward. In terms of positions in basketball, Ben Simmons plays everywhere but center, basically. The man is all over the court. He handles the ball. He passes the ball. He does so much. How do we determine what positions actually are? Um, 
I think uh, someone who explained it best, if you guys get a chance to listen to Jalen Jacoby, positions really came along because of the viewer and the viewer's experience. Because if you think about it, in basketball, we're moving more towards what we call positionless basketball. Because if we look at Ben Simmons, we would just call him the primary ball handler, right? That's really what he is for the 76ers. He's not really – I wouldn't really call it a point guard. I mean, you could call it a point guard. But is a point guard supposed to be a specific height? It's supposed to be someone who does specific things. I remember at, at one point with Corfu had LeBron bringing down the ball a lot, even going back to 90s, Scotty Pippen. So what I saw it was as basketball became more popular, if you read back in the, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, you needed a way to identify the roles of each of the players. Because as NBA was trying to attract more viewers, they were like, hey, this is your point guard. If he has point guard under his name or next to his name in the box score, expect him to dribble the ball a lot. Shooting guard does this. Center is going to be this guy. Power forward does this. Small forward. And then so on. And then that helped the viewers as the years went by. Viewers like, all right, I know this person's supposed to do this. And that could – I can expect this when I watch the game now. Yeah. I want – you know, I wonder um... – do we think do, do you think that that has like this type of idea where you know the positions are there for the viewer to understand things do you think that that's maybe hurt players like Russell Westbrook who is not your typical like like yes he gets the triple doubles yes he gets the assists but he's really a guy who is like him first like he's he's the one who's going to be attacking attack there he's shooting a lot like you know you think of some of these guys in the that what gets thrown out a lot is, oh, these guys are selfish mm-hmm. basketball players. They're not really point guard because they're selfish with the way that they play. Like, do you think that it has to do with our understanding of what these positions, uh, you know, should be, be because it's just helped the viewers understand things a little bit better? It certainly shifts the perspective because, like, I think Jalen's line is the positions were uh, developed to help a novice understand the game. And once you've got a better understanding – of the game, you don't look at it in such a like small uh, micro terms. Cause yeah, Russell Westbrook, as much as I hate on him, like he's such a good player and he needs the ball in his hands and he's, you know, maybe he should be the team's rebounder because it enables him to get so many fast break opportunities because he can just grab and go. We talk about that with LeBron and we talk about that with Giannis, but for some reason we do. And Lonzo. And with Lonzo, we talk about with those, all those guys, but for some reason we get on Russ about going and grabbing all these rebounds. And it's probably unfair to some degree. Because like he, if he can do it, why, why, why do we get mad at him? And you, you kind of talked about that earlier, Richard, with with how he's you know maligned over like the whole team boxing after him. But if it's adding one, if it's taking one second off the with that one that transition pass, because if you don't have a Kevin Love throwing these outlet passes, it's 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 problematic. Yeah, I'll tell you, I like, get frustrated with the, with the Pistons because Andre Drummond gets all of our rebounds, but we are the slowest. We never we never push the break, and I'm sure that we lose points because of it. And with with the positions like. Like I heard Elkin kind of allude to this, um, you know, really it's, it's not point guard, shooting guard, you know, all, all the way down. It's, you know, he's your primary ball handler. Then you have wings and then you have big men. Like those, like really those are where like the positions of the NBA are going because, you know, you have some big guys, you have a lot of wing players and you have primary ball handler outside of that. It's like, you know, do you really need to get that specific at the two or, or, or the three or the four? Like, I don't know how specific do you really need to get with it. And I, I do think that our past understanding of it, you know, I, I think it really affects the way that some of us view things and does give people like Russell Westbrook, like kind of a, a I don't know, a bad, a bad view. You know, we, we view him in a little bit of a different light because of what we think a point guard should be like. That's, that's something I definitely see. I'm, 
and we even look at now all the point guards that we have there's not really a prototype of it you guys know that you can look across the league and i'm sure you guys have talked about this before you have your different type of point guards you have the three-point shooter kind of like a steph curry you have the athletic guard kind of like Russell westbrook you have the pure playmaker and you can even talk about like the john wall even a rondo type who's just going to be solely focused on passing you have a chris paul who's more of a balanced point guard and all these point guards that we call them is different builds you can even go with shooting guard even small forwards you guys know that there's some guys who are considered threes but then you're like man this guy's better off playing at a four as we tend to call it because yes they're slated in this position because of their size but we know because of skills this is what they should be and that's what i think of now when i think of position is what are your skills that you bring and those are the things to look at. i know it's a combination of height and skills but that's what i think of right now Think about a team like this. If something like what happened with Miami, with, with Wade, LeBron, and Bosh all going to play together, but what if it was this lineup? Giannis, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. All those guys can be a primary ball handler to some degree. All those guys can shoot, minus Ben Simmons. And Giannis, you know, varies. Like, what would you do with that lineup? Well, Anthony Davis is a center because he's the, the one who handles the ball the least. Well, Giannis is a power forward because he's the one with the least amount of shooting of the rest. I mean, but oh, we're gonna throw Ben's like you wouldn't have a position for these guys. It would just be so many freaks on the court. Mm-hmm. And in that scenario, you really can understand like because all those guys could guard multiple positions. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't even be like, like you are who you guard. Like, yeah. like to have a nuanced discussion about what positions mean is really kind of a futile exercise because it comes down to you just play basketball. You're a basketball player. And that's what, like, LeBron can play center through point guard. You know, it, it doesn't matter. These guys are just supremely talented these days. And it, I would love to see a day where maybe everyone on the court looks like LeBron. It might be a little boring to not have the diversity of size and skill, but how cool would it be to have everyone just be able to control a game? <laughs> and I know hey. what, I, what I see happening is – sorry, Richard, to cut you off. You're fine. Is we're not – we may not see people having the – all LeBrons, but we're probably going to see more people having games that are make it harder to guard and make it harder to just put a player said they're going to do this skill. Because if you notice, if you, I don't know if you guys watch a lot of high school basketball, and and I know we're talking about college, a lot of the big men are guys who are practicing how to be ball handlers. You have point guard camps during the summer that you have guys who are forwards and centers going to. You have guys who are constantly trying to stretch their game out. Because why? Because they know that if they don't involve their game, then most likely they're not going to be able to keep going to the next level. And I think that's what's going to happen. You're going to have guys that combine height, that combine skills, and then just spread it out. But I still think there's going to be a need and a place for guys who aren't as big, who aren't as tall as those other guys. And hopefully we don't get to that LeBron where everyone looks like a LeBron because Eat is right. I might get a little bored of the NBA at that point. So here's here's the thing that I think that where we can see how this applies to us now. Like which teams – when they go out there and they're finishing, like how many teams are actually finishing with their five best players out there? Like it, it seems to me like that, that teams do kind of think about this, like positionally, I need to have, I need to make sure that I have my this many centers because I, I have, you know, I have to, I have to have a big guy out there. You see some teams kind of going away from it, but you know, are the Raptors going to be playing a three guard lineup? If, you know, and a lot of it has to do with, with who you're playing, but are you really going to be playing your five best players out there at the end of the game, regardless of position? 
forgive me for making this about the Heat, but the Heat are in the situation constantly because all their centers are somewhat problematic. Hassan, um, lacks a days go a lot, kind of can be a black hole on offense. Kelly Olenek, can't guard anybody, can't rebound very well. Bam, he's still a rookie, just makes a lot of mistakes because he's he doesn't have the reps. So a lineup that I really like the Heat to go to is James Johnson at center, Justice Winslow at the, the four, right. and then Josh Richardson, and then yeah. insert even Dwayne Wade, Goran Dragic, whatever kind of guard lineup you want to figure out there. And that usually is close to the Heat's best lineup because you have all these guys, and even Dwayne Wade in, at the end of games, especially playoff games, he's very active and he's going to be trying to make, get out there and actually play defense. And you could see that lineup be giving most teams problems. However, when the Sixers have a, a freak like Joel Embiid, it's hard to make that James Johnson as our maybe fifth best player work at the center position. Right. And I see uh, kind of one thing that teams have to figure out is, are they going to push the other team to make the adjustments to match up with them or match up with the other team? I'm sure you guys, when I think of positionless basketball, I think back of the 2007 Warriors going against the 2007 Dallas Mavericks. That team, the Dallas Mavericks, traditional, you know, you had a center power forward all the way down traditional position. But the Warriors, at several points, when their best lineup was out there, you had Al Harrington, who was a 6'9 forward, as their center. And what happened? It really hurt the Dallas Mavericks trying to match up. So what do they do? They try going small, and it played into their hands. And even sometimes I see teams, when they match up against the Warriors, they try to bring out a smaller lineup and go away from their game. And what happens, not everyone is prepared to do that, but sometimes teams are able to win those matchups because they force the other team to say, okay, in order for us to keep up, we're going to have to match up with them. And that's where I think some teams are like, we're fine rolling out our five best player that are non-traditional positions. But then there's some teams who just don't have five players that are those non-traditional. Like I know the Pacers, their five best players were still a very traditional lineup. Besides that, he's young, still very traditional lineup or five best players and, and that probably goes also to like you know gm and and, and team building because like mm-hmm. you go and you want to make sure that you've got players who can play these positions so you out there and make sure that you have a five make sure you have a four make sure you have someone who can play that position because also the regular season is a long long slog and you can't you can't just go around playing small ball the entire year right and we, we should pay homage here to to the miami heat the, the big three and yep. you know when spo went and, and put Chris Bosch at the five, it really opened things up. And you were able, like you were able to play, you know, your best five, which before then, you know, you're, you're not, you're, you're having, you're playing Bosch at the four, you know, you're playing centers that really shouldn't be out there. But, and, and what I see too, is a lot of teams still tend to start with a traditional lineup. That's what, yep. that's one thing I am noticing that they start with a traditional lineup and then those small ball lineups tend to be in spurts or tend to be more crunch time. But you rarely see a team start small and most of their minutes, most of their five starting five is a their regular, like a big traditional lineup. That's what I noticed. It's almost like the coaches have a pact. Like, you know what? We all have our <laughs> Kendrick Perkins. We all have our Zaza. Zaza. We all have our whoever else. And we're going to mm-hmm. play him the first 10 minutes of the first quarter. Now, what I'm going to need you to do is also play your guy at the first 10 minutes of the first quarter so we can actually, you know, have a rotation as and, such. And when you sub your guy out, we'll sub our guy out, and yeah. that's the way yeah, that right. we'll do it. And and right. then, yeah. And then for the for the lucky teams that have Joel Embiid, they're like, Doesn't matter. we don't care about the pack. We're going to do whatever we want. Yep. Um, guys, this is yeah. basketball fun. Yeah, it's a good yeah. time. And, and I'm glad we're at the playoffs. Yeah, yeah no, it's 
And guys, all of our oh no, I'm sorry, uh, not not all of our teams are in there. Um, yeah, sorry. So sorry. Ooh, wow, okay. I'm, rooting for, I'm rooting for the Jazz here. For a dub. So yeah, um, we're renaming third team All NBA. I don't know if I don't know if mine got named initially or not. Well, go ahead and run through it, buddy. I think we did, but run through it. No, no, it's just I realized my third team, and I didn't put one, one Steph Curry. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 talk about that. You put Chris Paul though. I I did put Chris Paul, and in it, I kind of want to do a mid a mid pod revision to that. I would rather have Steph Curry at the other guard than Demar. Uh, How many games? How how many games did Chris Paul miss? A lot. He played fifty-eight games, I think. Uh, I rather have one. uh, Steph Curry played fifty-one, I think. Oh man, I get those backwards, but they go backwards too. I thought I thought Steph Curry played more games than Chris Paul. Let me check. Let me check. Chris Paul did play fifty-eight. I have that. Right, as we're looking, as you guys are looking that up, so in my third team, I put one Carl Anthony Towns, a Lamarcus Aldridge, and Jimmy Butler. I have him as a as a small forward. That's why I have him in there. I put, by the way, I put Ben Simmons up there in second team because I just felt like he was playing. I can't say I felt like it. Then it sounded me like a guy that just I'm a blog boy right now. That's what I feel like. Hey, get off my back. Steph Curry 51 <laughs> games. I know. I'm sorry. I looked it up and I was wrong. I'm a blog. Um, I, I watch the games, Richard. I'm just pour over stat sheets. And here's the thing. I have watching the Raptors games. I put the Rosen up there because part of me is thinking of what might the voters pick? Because honestly, we know that Kyle Lowry's He's the main force behind that team. If we're being honest with ourselves, no, 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 no. I'm a DeMar DeRozan guy here. But yeah, I'm gonna tell you this. DeRozan. I'm gonna tell you this though. I watch that Pistons versus Raptors game when DeMar simply yes. took over, and I'm gonna say this. I have never seen that play that he did, that dunk and get fouled in a game like that with that type of. Listen, how close the game was. With, with, with that game, though, we do. I do have to admit, Kyle Lowry was the MVP of that for an illegal hold that the ref missed or just didn't call. Ah, Not yeah, happy well, about that. But ah. if you didn't know, I, I have, like, for me, you, you have Oladipo as second-team NBA, mm-hmm. um, which if you compare him and DeRozan, they're, they're pretty similar. They're, they're neck as, and neck. And, and so I put both of them on my second. I just threw DeRozan. As a forward, yeah. and yeah. I just and I just have moved and I just moved Oladipo a little bit up more than Listen, more than the Rosen because of you. Defense. That's why. That's why defense. I think Oladipo is one of the better defensive guards out there. Yeah, especially yeah, you, when you, it comes you. to steals. But um, man, I'm gonna stay with Chris Paul and DeRozan. Man, I really want because for me, I've gotten to the point in which I realize how good Steph Curry is, and you can see it when he's not playing with the Warriors, but when he's playing. It's a completely different team, and for me, that makes a guy who's on B. It's just the injuries, though, makes it hard. Here's the thing: if you, if Chris Paul played fifty eight and Steph played fifty one, like Steph's that much better than Chris Paul to me to to put to put him in there. Like he really is. <laughs> I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna, I guess we'll see I'm, in the, in I'm the, gonna stick with Chris Paul. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Chris Paul, but knowing fine. knowing deep in my heart that Steph Curry is probably gonna be the one to make it, and then one Carl Anthony Towns. If I bet you, if he got the ball a lot more. We would see him getting close to a first team. I bet you would do a lot more for Minnesota if he were actually touched the ball more. And I remember in your guys' podcast listening to that, I was shaking my head because I think I was watching uh I was watching a Timberwolves game or game against the Nuggets, mm-hmm. the final game of the season. I'm like, man, get the ball bad. to Carl Anthony Towns. Just let him work. 
let him work. Jokish is over here doing whatever he needs to do. And the Nuggets have figured out who to give it to. But that is my third team. I'm going with Paul, Cat, Butler, Aldridge, DeRozan. Hate on me all you want. But don't forget, by the way, beginning of the season, I called Damian Lillard making on one of the teams. And you guys were not. No, 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 no. no. I called, no, I called Dame as second team. Cool. I called Dame as second team. Richard looked it up. He's got receipts. You guys, Man. you guys were all about John Wall. You put John Wall as second team. I think, Johnny Wall. Yeah, and, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you guys put Dame as third team. I was like, you know what? Forget John Wall. I I, I either put him on third team or I left him did off. We call, I think I by the way, off. did we call John Wall a MVP candidate? You guys did. You guys are calling him MVP candidate, and hey, I was hey, not did, having it. Hey, he was my Kawhi? odds guy. Didn't you call Kawhi MVP? Okay, I'm gonna be oh, quiet about that oh, one now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's my third team. I'm ready to move on from all NBA then at this point. This this was a nice moment of reflection, fellas. We've <laughs> we've made it through a whole NBA regular season doing our yeah. podcast now. And by the way, cool. Ethan over here, Ethan the constant professional here, only one of only one of us three who's been on every pod pretty much. I missed one, one pod, the central preview. Yeah, but that's I don't I'm just like, eh, you had your reason. Us me and Richard over here with just like sometimes Richard will go like a week without being on the pod. I might go, I think at one point I went two weeks without being on the pod. But Ethan, consummate, fresh. And I should tell the Pacers about you. Get you get you a front office job. There we go. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, if, so, if any team offers me a front office job and I can afford to move there, I, I, I promise that I will take it. All right. <laughs> my services are very available. Oh, my goodness. Richard. Well, I think right. it's time. Go ahead and bust off that hero ball quote of the week. Elkin, we're sorry we couldn't get you on for more of the pod, but we no, no. We, we can't be putting out two two-hour-long podcasts back-to-back. We're going to lose <laughs> the 20 listeners we have. No, it's okay. I understand, fellas. One more shout-out for Kalen, my Lyft driver. If you made it through it, thank you. Congratulations. All right, let's go ahead and close it off. Uh, this quote is from one Rajon Rondo, and uh, here's what he had to say. I haven't played defense in a couple of years.